You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name is Matt Gunn, and I'm joined today by Guy Cortan. Guy, how are you? Matt, how you doing? I am doing great. We are coming to you live from the NRF podcast studio here at the first day. We have definitely moved on up to the east side because we are in this beautiful sort of fishbowl-like atmosphere in the middle of NRF. It's yeah, cool. in the Crystal Palace. This is as cool. visible as I've ever been doing this. Usually I hide in a dark corner somewhere. Well, usually we try phone. to keep you in a dark corner, well, but anyway. Obviously, that's why I do radio. <laughs> So today, we've got a special guest on, Matt Jones with Infor Retail. Matt, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Great. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, what you're doing in the world of technology, specifically around the supply chain. Well, I'm a product strategy director. I look after demand management suite, which is covering planning, assortment, pricing, supply chain. My background is I'm a retail planner by trade. Started out at Foot Locker and Best Buy and Bath & Body Works before I got into the software side. All right, so you've got a very firm grounding on what it is to be a retailer, right? Yes. So you bring that perspective to what you do. Where are we in this world of demand management? I mean, the evolution of it from where you were when you were a retailer to where we're going now or where the future is going to be. Yeah, it's a very exciting time. You know, we've been kind of dabbling around the edges for the last few years, bringing in new technology, machine learning, AI. And I think many retailers are now going to go and take the plunge and go headlong into it and really change the core of what a retailer is. And it's scary for folks because it's different. You know, when I started my career, everything was on paper and, <laughs> and you know, Excel was a new thing, exciting thing. And now it's, and that's legacy. That's outdated. And so it's, for a lot of folks making decisions, it's scary to be doing things that are wildly different from where they started their careers at. Well, it's risky too, I yes. would imagine, right? Yes. You have to take this leap from manual processes and, and just... Just trust the computer now. Yeah. And you're letting go a little bit of... Yeah of that control, or at least you think it's control, but really when you're using all these disparate and unconnected systems, I would imagine a lot of things can also go wrong. Yeah, I think there's a false sense of precision from what they have today. They think because they can see lots of data and there's lots of reports that they're somehow the master of their universe. And that's (laughs) far from the truth. And this idea of machine learning and AI, I think really allows them to be kind of back in the center of things and kind of being the master of their domain when they haven't realized they've gotten so far away from that. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, you talk about, you mentioned machine learning, AI. Why is this becoming much more of a tool that's necessary in the demand management world or in the retail world? Is it because we have too much data? Is it because things are moving too quickly? Is it because the three of us sitting here as consumers are so fickle with our demand? Like it's not no longer because we expect unlimited choice that our demands pop up anywhere. Do you think there's a core driver behind some of this? I mean, you know, we've, as humans, we've always been fickle. We've always wanted to be personalized <laughs> right. and tailored to. Right. And, you know, everybody blames on the millennials, but I'm not a millennial. I want to be personalized. I want to be tailored to as well. I think as the technology is finally caught up with the ability to do something with all that data, it's not just going to sit in a data warehouse anymore, but you can use it to tailor assortments to three digits of code radiuses, things like that, that 10 years ago seemed like science fiction. But the reality is those things can be done today. And regardless of which generation you're from, you want to be tailored to, you want a more frictionless experience, you want to be able to get in and out, you want to make your decisions without having to spend a lot of time doing research on your own. You want that type of easy experience when it comes to a new outfit or finding something to make for dinner or things like that. So does that mean that from a demand side that we are relying more and more on artificial intelligence, machine learning? to make the decision for us or to guide us to a final decision. So, you know, instead of saying, if I want to buy a new suit, it says, hey, Guy, you need to buy this suit. It says, no, no, hey, Guy, you should want to buy one of these three suits. Now I let you pick or I let 
the vendor, you know, if I'm at Bonobos, so they're going to help guide me there. Do you think it's, it's more the machine decides for us or does the machine gives us options that we can then decide on? Yeah, as a merchant, you know, merchants are still going to have to think about where hemlines are going and and fit and color choices. But the way, uh, say, a new color coming to market plays out will be different for all of us. And so they're going to be able to still pick that color, but we may all want it a little bit or a lot. And using machine learning and AI, we can help translate that and offer that color or that fit or that new ingredient in a way that's relevant for different customer segments in terms of whether they like newness or they like more traditional things, but every once in a while they like to be intrigued. Right. And I think it's how ML is going to make it more personalized than it's ever been before. That's interesting, yeah, because what you're doing in that sense is relying on your traditional skill set, right, and as a merchant, but combining it with new pattern recognition, new ability to sense where we're going and what the customer is really after. Is that where we're getting to? Okay. Yeah. You know, like coconut, you know, two years ago, you may have seen some coconut water in a Bravo TV show. <laughs> and now you can't go to any grocery store without coconut being in every aisle right. of the store. Well, it is the new sort of Gatorade of whatever. That's what I've been told. Yeah. That's why I drink it all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Electrolytes. Uh, Electrolytes. Much more pure, right? Right. right. It came We're out told. of thing in the tree. So it's perfect. <laughs> so where are we going next? What are we looking at in, say, a five-year window or, or, say, maybe even 10 or 20 years down the line? And we're getting smarter now. We're at this almost tipping point, I would think, with machine learning and AI, where it's going from beyond just being dumb and kind of very simple capabilities to something that's so much more involved in our lives. I think it's allowing us to move a lot of merchant ID decisions even further up. You know, I'm a real big fan of Nike ID. And, you know, I ordered a pair of shoes, and I think in a week and a half, I got them from the factory to my home in the middle of the the U.S. And, you know, when we first started dot-com and internet retailing, a week was about average. Now that's two days. But now we're able to tailor and personalize in that same week, week and a half, even though it came from the middle of somewhere in the middle of Asia. And so I, I think that's, that's going to become much more and more prevalent in how we shop and how we interact. That this idea of I've got to buy a million of these things and put them in different fulfillment centers and then wait for customers to shop for them, I think is slowly going away. And in order to really execute in a week and a week and a half like that. We need ML to predict which fabrics do I need, where do I need the labor, you know, what do I need from a supply chain in order to execute that week and a week and a half when that pair of shoes that I'm wearing probably was touched 15, 20 times. And so you need that type of orchestration that comes from ML and AI in order to execute that. So for those who are listening today, Matt, when we talk about this stuff, so they're saying, hey, this is interesting. We've heard a lot about machine learning. We understand that we always have demand from our customers and all that. What do I do first, right? What's, what's that first step I can take to go down this path of integrating more machine learning into my demand management, into my supply chain? I think the first thing is to get over the fear of, well, I don't have enough data, or it's not perfect, or I don't have $20 million <laughs> to clean up the data. You know, ML and AI is only possible because you can deal with imperfect data. You know, some of the solutions that, you know, we're working with, all I need are images, and I can pick out the colors, the silhouettes, you know, how long are the sleeves, where does the hem fit, where does it hit on my hip. I don't need to have voluminous data. And secondly, I think, is the understanding that you don't need to be a PhD to understand this stuff. You know, this is basic retail in terms of which colors are appealing. The colors and fits and silhouettes will still look the same way on a human, even if an AI app picked it. Right. And so it's helping folks understand there's still a human element there. 
we're not turning it all over and the whole headquarters goes dark. <laughs> you know, we just don't need a bunch of analysts shoveling data around in Excel spreadsheets anymore. You know, you can let them learn how to be that merchant of the future because so many times they've been in that role for 10 years, five years, but they haven't learned how to be a merchant. Yeah. Because all they've done is shovel data around for five or 10 years. Cool. So it's a different way of working, but it still requires the human element. That's a really great point, actually, because, yeah, a lot of people that have been coming out of schools have had to learn a lot of different software, a lot of it not very friendly. Right. Is that also something that we're looking at? Is, is something that's more usable or that interfaces that are simpler that anyone in, in this world can pick up and really start to make use of? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no retailer is willing to spend a week, week and a half to train anymore. When I started my <laughs> career, every August, we would spend a week and a half training, learning all these new tools we're expected to use and be able to deploy by holiday. And that just doesn't happen anymore. You're expected to sit down at a new job or a new role and immediately start working. And it's because the software has to be intuitive. You know, we all love Apple products. The challenge is it's set the bar a lot higher for everybody. Right. It has to be intuitive. It has to not involve reading a manual or go to training sessions. And that's really doable. You should expect that. You shouldn't be satisfied with poor, difficult to use products anymore. So it's really sort of that consumerization side coming into our working side. To your point, I pick up the iPhone or any Apple product or any, any consumer product these days, whether it's Google or Apple or, or Samsung, and it's pretty intuitive. This has to be the same with my demand management side, my ability to look at customer needs, things like that. It's got to be intuitive. It's got to be easy. And AI is going to help us do that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So looking around a show like this, this is massive, not only in the number of retailers that are in attendance, but the number of vendors, established technology companies, and all these nascent startups that are all working on very similar, or at least the messaging comes out very much the same. How are we going to play out over the next five years as, as everyone's trying to build a different ecosystem that can handle this mass data, that can give you machine learning or, or artificial intelligence or some vision of it? Because there's a lot of definitions around what that means. What do retailers have to be aware of as they're looking at these technologies now? That they can try before they buy. I think that's the first thing, is don't trust the marketing. There's just, it's an onslaught of color and similar sounding <laughs> yeah. words, intelligent and cloud and engineered right. and all this stuff. Yes. But the reality is if they can't demonstrate it in a couple of months or less with your data without transforming the data, it's not real. And most of the folks who are doing it well will offer you a proof of concept for a very low price and will take the data as is. Because that's the thing, if it's, Artificial intelligence, it should not require you know, $20 million of ETL. <laughs> right, right. It should be able to take the data as it is and use it. And so you know, that's really how you kind of dive below the marketing message is how, how soon can you give me a proof of concept that shows me with a very difficult to work with category that I can offer better results than what I have now. That's a great point. Other thoughts as we kind of close out here, any other areas of interest to you? I think it's just a really exciting time. You know, the mass media is talking about this apocalypse stuff, but <laughs> retail has gone through this before. You know, thinking about Woolworths and Mon Montgomery Wards and all those types of folks, you know, they've gone through this transition of moving from downtown stores to suburban and suburban stores to online. And now we're moving towards personalized retail. And retail is not going away. It's shedding its skin to the next iteration. And I think it's a really exciting time to be here to be part of that next evolution of retail. So let's, let's project out 20 years. Three of us are sitting here, maybe we're not, maybe we're somewhere else, but the three of us as consumers, let's put it that way. What does retail look like to us in 20 years? Is AI so smart that you know, I'm walking down the grocery aisle and I look at something and it just says, hey, I know you want that product and it's gonna 
order it for me. You know, I, I look at the kale and it knows I don't want it and it gives me, you know, <laughs> Twinkies and Stegs. It's like, I really know you want the Twinkies. <laughs> or is it watching out for your health? Or is it, or on the flip side, is it, I'm, I'm about to grab the Twinkies and it like zaps my hand and it says, no, go get the kale, you fatty. <laughs> I mean, are we going, you know, what is it from your perspective, you know, let's just go, go crazy with this. 20 years, what does the retailing experience look like for us as consumers? You know, I think it's, I'll be honest, I don't know if there's going to be a brick and mortar experience like there is today. I think there'll be experiences if I'm wanting to look for new things or experience new looks and silhouettes or colors or new foods. But, you know, the what Nordstrom is doing in the, that new store in LA with no, no, inventory. With no inventory, I think that's the wave of the future. That everybody wants experiences and enriching their time. And instead of having to go through a large store and walk around to get lost and try to experience new things, I think that experience is what brick and mortar is going to distill down to. Because where the inventory is or how long it's going to take to get to you is becoming more and more immaterial every day. And so it's going to really boil it down to the thing that makes retail fun. You know, you want to be able to go and experience and hang out with your friends and eat some warm cashews and, and whatnot. And, and Have a I nice think, cappuccino. Right, and, yeah. whatever's whatever's uh, intriguing to you. And so I think that's the good thing about where we're heading is it's going to distill it down to that experience that makes it fun and a good use of your time. Cool. I think that's a good future to look toward. That is a good future. I, just, I guess in a, way, in a weird way, though, it means business for companies like ours that do supply chain and such is just going to grow because I think if... if it doesn't matter where the inventory comes from, then I better have a very robust network and supply chain in the back end to fulfill those orders. Because to your point, Matt, the experience becomes it all. But at the end of the day, the experience is great. But if I don't get that product I want, that experience goes back to zero. Absolutely. All right. You've been listening to Supply Chain Radio live from NRF. Matt Jones, thanks for joining us on Thank this you. episode. Thank you. Uh, and Guy, as always, it's been fun. As always, it's been a wonderful podcast. Sure has. Thanks for listening. You can find us on iTunes or your favorite podcast network. <laughs>